great awakening. That's what we are praying for and that is what God is doing, little by little, but God is surely doing it. Hallelujah! It is not just in Malaysia alone, all out throughout the world. Many countries are going through this because God is, Jesus is coming back again. Hallelujah! Today I just want to draw your attention to a, a parable in the book of Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, let's read from verse 24 up to verse 30. Matthew 13, reading from verse 24 up to verse 30. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, First, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. So we see here a parable that uh, Jesus has spoken. And he spoke many parables to the multitude that was following him. And after for this uh, parable, there was other parables that he also spoke. And eventually when the, the crowd was dispersed, the disciples came to him and asked the meaning of this parable which is uh, from verse 36 up to 43. You don't, uh, don't need to read it. But it's all there. But the uh, seed, the good seed and that was planted, and we see that the good seed is the sons of the kingdom, and the bad seed or the tares or the wheat is the sons of the wicked one. And parables were spoken in order to teach. But today I'm not going to go very in detail on this parable itself, but I want to highlight verse 25 that was read earlier. It says here, But while man slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And while man slept, his enemy came. Today I want to just highlight on the, on the timing and the work that the enemy does. And when does it do it? It says here that while man slept, when the good things were sown, the good seed was sown, and they went to sleep, the enemy came in. I'm not going to talk about when we feel tired and we go to sleep. I'm not talking about that. But I'm going to talk about the spiritual sleeping that is taking place and that is when the enemy comes in and begins to sow all type of wickedness and lawlessness into the lives of people and into the life of, or into the, life of the church. And I want to draw your attention to two, a few people that are being mentioned in the Bible about how they slept while the enemy was at work. One of the most important things that we need to realize is when we begin to, to spiritually sleep, mean, that means to say that we may, may look alive, we may look like we are awake, but spiritually sleeping, we begin to see the enemy at work. And many a times when, when, when the enemy starts to work, it is not something that we can uh, see very uh, obviously because the enemy is very subtle when it comes in. Let us read jo Jonah chapter 1. Reading from verse 1 up to verse 6. Jonah chapter 1. Reading from verse 1 up to verse 6. Old Testament Jonah. Chapter 1. Reading from verse 1 up to verse 6. The word of God came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break apart. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. 
The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice on us of us and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lot and the lot fell on Jonah. Thank you. So we see here the life of Jonah and we know that God called him to, to preach the message to the Ninevites. The Ninevites were non-Jews. They were historically uh, looking at their background, they were considered to be a very cruel people doing the things which is not right before God and doing things to, to men and were very cruel in their way of punishment and all these things and they were wicked people. And God says, I'm going to destroy them but you need to go and preach this message to them. And Jonah, knowing that God is also a God of mercy, not only God of judgment, but he is also God of mercy, when they repent, he can turn, he turn back and say, I will forgive them. And he did not want that to happen. And so he decided that he will run away. He will run away and disobey the calling of God. To disobey and to go against God's word. Nineveh was on, one, on the one side, on the eastern side, and he was going towards Tashish, which was on the left-hand side. He was going opposite direction. And the thing that happened to Jonah, after he went on board, it says here that he went down in verse 5, and he went to sleep. God's call was upon his life. God was calling him to, to, to preach and to tell the people that they are going to be destroyed. God called him to go and do something very important, a message. A multitude is going to perish. But he decided to go the other way. During that time, the Jewish people have a kind of what we call a differences when it comes to the non-Jews. A racial difference in a way. And it's also, they look at other races and say they are much slower, we are the chosen people. And so Jonah was also, being a Jew, was probably having this same sense and he did not want to go and see any of the non-Jews being saved or being, uh, being blessed. And so he was running away. And after running away, one of the things he did was he was sleeping. And they had to come and wake him up. And this is exactly what happens. The enemy comes in when a person begins to sleep. And once again, when I say sleep, I'm not talking about we going to sleep when we are tired. I'm talking about spiritually sleeping. When God wanted a work to be done, when God wanted a message to be given, and Jesus said, go into the world and make disciples, the church decides that we will not do that. We will be more occupied with the things that we have in church and we try to build the church, the building even bigger and make it better, more beautiful and uh, uh, make it uh, something to be uh, recognized by the whole world that something beautiful has been, uh, come out from this building. But God is not talking about the building. God is talking about people that he created. Jesus did not come and die for the building. Jesus came to save the lost people. Hallelujah. But Jonah, having received the message from God, he decided, he made a decision to disobey and run away. And when he ran away, it became what we call like a rebellious, a rebellious action. Today, the same thing is happening. Churches or believers are refusing to preach the gospel. They rather preach other things. They rather talk about other things than to preach. They are refusing to fast and pray and to seek God for revival. We sing songs of great awakening. We sing songs of revival. And we know that God is doing something here. But we need to always check ourselves to know that the enemy will come in when we can't hear you. The enemy will come in when we, when we are asleep. When we are awakened, when we are awake, spiritually doing the work of the Lord, the enemy will not come in then. It's not able to come in. But when we begin to sleep, when we begin to slumber, that is when the enemy comes in. And so Jonah, in a way, represents a church that is disobedient in a way and rebellious. God says to preach the gospel to the lost soul. Time is spent to just uh, be spending, uh, spending time to be in church and just uh, doing everything that church needs to do. And that's it. There is evangelism that is important. Many churches have closed their doors. Many churches are going through racial problems. Many churches are looking at differences 
among races, differences among status, all these things is happening in church. But God says that a church must be a church for all nations, all tribes. Hallelujah! That's like how in heaven, all nations, all tribes gather together to worship Him. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! When the church begins to sleep, the enemy comes in and sows the seeds of discord. The second person that I want to share to you is in the book of Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16, we listen to the reading from verse 19 up to verse 21. Having put him to sleep on her lap, she called a man to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him. And his strength left him. <clears throat> then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged him, gouged out his eyes and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him to grinding in the prison. So we see here another man, Samson, called to be a judge. At that time, a judge was a person who comes and delivers the, 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 the people from the oppressors, the other nation, the armies that came. He's there. And he was not just an ordinary man. We have all the, 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 the old type of uh, superheroes nowadays. But here was the greater superhero, physically alive at a time, who's able to go against 3,000 men, 1,000 men. He's able to go alone and win the battle because God was upon him. And when God, before he was born, his parents didn't have any children. Before he was born, God uh, sent an angel to meet his mother to say that you were, there's a child that was born. And what was the special specialty about his child? Uh, Judges chapter 13. Let's just go to Judges chapter 13. Reading verse 1 up to verse 3. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. A certain man of Zorah, named Manoch, from the clan of the Danites, had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. The angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, you are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Having spoken that, in verse 4 and verse 5, you will also have it read, you will see the requirements that the mother and the father had to follow in order for God's work to be done. Verse 4 and verse 5. Now, see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hands of the Philistines. And so we see the, the prophecy or we see the word of the Lord uh, to Samson's uh, parents and how important it is to take care and that he will grow up as a Nazarite. His hair will not be shaved. He will be uh, keeping it. And he will be not taking or drinking any wine or any of these things. He will be known as a Nazarite to the Lord. And because of this special covenant or this special uh, condition or requirement that Samson followed, that he was considered to be a very strong judge, a strong man who was able to battle against the enemy. But what happened was, he fell in love with a person by the name of Delilah. And when he fell in love with a person by the name of Delilah, she began to ask him, how, what is the, the secret to your strength? Keep on asking a few times, keep on asking a few times. And then he played jokes on this, said this, said that. And many of them came and they were all defeated. But finally, he told the truth. And when did the enemy come to attack him? He came, they came when he was asleep. Judges chapter 16 verse 19 says, Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees. Delilah 
put Samson to sleep on her knees. And that is when she called the Philistine to come and cut off his head. And that is when he lost God's blessing. That is when the presence of the Lord left him. And that was done when he was asleep. Today, we are called to be warriors. Not to worry about something, but to be warriors for the Lord. Hallelujah. To put on the armor of God and to, to, to come against spiritual forces of darkness. And God has given us the authority in Jesus' name to trample upon serpents and scorpions. Hallelujah. We have been given the authority. We have given the power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. All this has been given to us. Not to just use that power for ourselves. But to use that power to go into the world and to make disciples. Hallelujah. Use my name. In my name there is authority. And this shall be a sign to you. In Mark chapter 16 it says, The sign that you will speak in new tongues. That you will cast out demons. You can pick up a serpent and he will not harm you. You can pick up all the things. You can eat for anything that is poisonous. Anything will not harm you. You can lay hands on the sick and they shall get well. All these signs shall follow a believer. Because in the name of Jesus, these things happen. There is power. Just like how Samson was powerful. He was powerful. And he was able to do great exploits for the Lord in the early years. But then, when he put his head on the knees of Delilah and slept, he lost it. And this is exactly what happens to a church. We are powerful. We are able to do all these things. But then when worldliness starts creeping into the, into the church, when worldliness starts creeping into the lives of a person, and all the things of the world begins to become very attractive, and then eventually there is what we call in the book of Timothy, Paul writes, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Having a form of a church, having, having a worship service, having a preaching session, having a prayer session, all these things just for the sake and say this is a church and this is what we need to do. But deny God the Holy Spirit, the power of God the Holy Spirit. And this is what happens and this is what is happening. Nowadays, we can see many, uh, of course, uh, we read the newspapers, we can uh, see a lot of things happening in our newspapers. But if you were to just take time to read some of the the, the, the news that's happening, especially in America, very often nowadays, very often nowadays, you see one news coming up, and that is shootings and killings. Shooting and killings are taking place many places. But they were, there in the beginning, in the 15 or the earlier, the 1500s, or even before that, there was a group that went there. They were considered to be people who are very pure and they wanted to spread the news, good news to them, and to, to live a life, to have a community, to live uh, and worship God and to uh, start off a, a family there. And they went there and whole of the United States at that time was uh, given up to the Lord because that is how it was. And all the decoration when they came into independence, everything had to do with the Bible. But then the time came in the, the 60s, in the 50s, the 60s, when, the, uh, when the, the Lord's prayer was removed, and then all these things were removed, and I also said the other day, in some states, it's an offense to have a Bible study group in a house, because they said, this is a religious gathering, you cannot have it in a residence, residential area. All these things have come up. Why? Because of sleeping. Once again, I want to say, it's not when you are tired, you are falling asleep. It is spiritual sleeping. Just like how Samson laid his head on the knees of Delilah and eventually he lost his powers in the presence of God. The church is going through the same thing. Worldliness has come into the church and this is what is happening. The church is asleep today, not realizing the power that is made available for the church. Other examples, Matthew chapter 26. Reading... 36 uh, to 44. Matthew chapter 26, reading from verse 36 up to verse 44. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, 
if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. So we see here another incident where the disciples were called, the three of them were called, went to Garden of Gethsemane, and Jesus wanted to pray, and he wanted what we call prayer support in a way, to, to pray together, although he, was, he just went away, uh, a distance away and told, pray, I need the prayer support. But when he came back, he saw them sleeping. He told them, stay awake. Stay awake and pray with me. And he went again. And then when he came back, second time he saw them sleeping again. He went back to pray and the third time when he came, he just said, wake up, the time has come. This talks about a church that has become what we call prayerless. And there's so much of, a, so much of a, what we call politics, talks about politics. There's more politics in the church than the prayer in church nowadays. People are just talking about politics more and more. The other day, I received a WhatsApp, uh, WhatsApp message saying that uh, be very careful. It was a group, you know, one group. It says, be, be very careful. Whatever message you send about the authorities, you talk about the authorities, the authorities, the police, and all these people are, you are looking at what is uh, being sent and you will, can get into trouble. Be very careful. So that's what the, the, the message that came. But that is what is being shared. So much of uh, politics and this and that, all the negatives that's taking place, and so much, all these things are being shared but we are losing out on the more important thing. Informing the problem will not bring change, but rather praying for the problem will bring the change. Hallelujah. Spreading about the problem to the whole world and say we have a problem is not going to change, but praying about the problem is what is going to bring change. And that prayer must be found in the church. Praise God that we are we, are, we have been keeping prayers. We have been keeping uh, constantly in prayer. We have been having a lot of prayer gatherings and all these things for the purpose of coming together and seeking God. And thank God that many of you are supportive of this. Hallelujah! You are supportive. You are attending this prayer group, different prayer groups that we have. And all these things is very important. And we need to not just stop there, but we need to pray more, encourage many more to come. We have a group, we have some good friends, and we know that when the day of prayer comes, some of them may not be around. It's time to encourage and say, bring them, and say, come, join me to pray, because we need to see God's kingdom come. Hallelujah! Let His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah! All the three of them, Peter, James, and John, were very tired and they fell asleep. But Jesus says, you need to pray. You need to pray because... This is the day. This is the hour. We know that the, the, the revelation of the Antichrist will be any time soon. We do not know when. And we do not know whether he's already around. But we know the coming of the Lord is also very soon. And we need to have what we call a praying church. Hallelujah. Praying all the time. Not only on Sundays, but other places that we get together to pray together. And this is what happened. They forgot the importance of prayer and they begin to sleep. Another person... Acts chapter 20, reading from verse 7 up to verse 10. Acts 20, reading from verse 7 up to verse 10. On the first day of the week, we came together to break bread. Paul spoke to the people, and because he intended to leave the next day, kept on talking until midnight. There were many lambs in the upstairs room where we were meeting. Seated in a window was a young man named Eutnes, who was sinking into a deep sleep as Paul talked on and on. When he was sound asleep, he fell to the ground from the third story and was picked up dead. Paul went down, threw himself on the young man, and put his arms around him. 
Don't be alarmed, he said. He's alive. And as you continue reading, that he, was, he came back again. But here was another person, Eutychus. In the, it was a time of great revival that was taking place in Troas and even in the other places that he, Paul went. Great revival. People who did not know about the Lord, those who, have, uh, who are so used to the former way of worshipping God, Jesus was introduced into your life, and they, there was a transformation that took place, and churches were being slowly formed, but it was house churches. And here was a gathering, a gathering where they came together to break bread. Holy Communion was done there, and eventually Paul began to speak because the next day he has to go to another place, and he wanted to say whatever God has prompted him to say. And as he was saying, and talking, and speaking, and preaching, here was a young man by the name of Eutychus who was uh, sitting on the, on the window the window area there, and eventually fell asleep, and he went and he fell out of the window, three stories down. This talks about a church that is sleeping during revival. Revival is taking place. We hear about the good news. We hear about testimonies of people being saved, being healed, being delivered. We hear about all these things, and. And we just continue, and many are continuing to sleep and say, oh, this is very good, very good news, very good testimonies. The fire seems to be dozing off. During those years, it was all, they used oil for the lamb. Eventually, as the lamb, the oil began to, to do, be burned up, eventually it becomes, it starts to flicker, and slowly the lamb will go off. I think it would have been happening at that time. And the cozy moment, lights going off, a bit stuffy, there's no aircon at the time, would have caused Eutychus to become very sleepy. And he fell down dead. But praise be to God that he was resurrected again. Hallelujah! But he speaks about how a revival can come and people can still sleep. It speaks about how a revival can take place and people can still say, uh, I don't see God moving. A revival, a move of God can be there and people can still say, uh, I will do it tomorrow. I will come tomorrow. I will come another day. People can just keep on pushing and pushing and pushing. But this is exactly what's happening. The important things of God was removed because to them, more important things was there. But today, we need to realize that we have one agenda and that is God's agenda and, non, and not man's agenda. Hallelujah! Another group of people that we're going to see is in the book of Matthew chapter 25. Also fell asleep. Matthew 25, reading from verse 1 up to verse 10. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was, long, was a long time in coming, and they, were, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, they may not be enough for both of us, for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. So we see here the five foolish virgins that represent an unprepared church. And the oil, many times we talk about the oil of the Holy Spirit. A church without the oil of the Holy Spirit is a foolish church, just like how it was the foolish virgins. A church without the oil of the Holy Spirit is a powerless church, and it's asleep. God, the Holy Spirit, is moving, and He is doing a work in many places where people were, were, were not uh, accepting the Holy Spirit, are beginning to accept God, the Holy Spirit. I remember 20 years ago, 20, 30 years ago, in the early years when we began to speak in tongues and all the things, there were many accusations that came against the church. You're saying this is the devil's tongue. The devil is giving you a tongue. You better not follow. There was a teaching that says God the Holy Spirit only worked in the book of Acts to, uh, to establish the church. And when the church has been established, all the buildings have been built, so big cathedrals have been built, you don't need the Holy Spirit anymore. So those were the teachings that was there in the 70s, the 80s. But today, 
Even those people who spoke about those things that day are now saying how important it is to have God the Holy Spirit in the church. And so they have what we call the charismatic service or they have the spirit-filled or spirit-led services. Dif uh, different time from their main uh, liturgical services. But they are having something. They recognize. But they pushed, it, pushed God the Holy Spirit out of the church in the early years. But God is beginning to move. When God was pushed out, he will not just continue and say, I'm pushed out, I cannot do anything. He will continue to work in the lives of people who are willing to accept him. Hallelujah! And because of that, people are becoming prepared for his coming. But there will always be another group that is unprepared. Though they fell asleep, but the five wise virgin was prepared and they were ready. And they were, because they were with the oil, they had the Holy Spirit, they were ready. The moment the bridegroom coming was there, they were ready to meet him. The foolish did not have the oil. And they wanted oil from the wise, but it says, you go and buy. They could have bought it earlier, but they did not buy it earlier. They were unprepared. And that is why it is important to realize how, how when we begin to sleep, spiritually sleep, the enemy can creep in and do all type of things. In the book of Revelation, chapter 3, reading from verse 1 up to verse 3, Revelation chapter 3, reading from verse 1 up to verse 3. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up, strengthen what remains, and is about to die, for I have found your deeds unfinished in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. Hold it fast and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. Keep awake. Wake up. That is the call. Let me just read to you from another version, verse 2 and verse 3. Rouse yourself and keep awake and strengthen and invigorate what remains and is on the point of dying. Second part of verse 3. In case you will not rouse yourself and keep awake and watch, I will come upon you like a thief and you will not know or suspect at what hour I will come. The enemy came in when the man began to sleep. And the enemy has been identified as the devil that is coming in when the church begins to sleep. But today we need to realize that we cannot continue to sleep we need to see what is happening around us and we need to continue to pray. Hallelujah. We need to continue to do the work of God. Hallelujah. And those who are, who are doing the work of God, we need to support them in prayer because there's great, great things that's happening that the onslaught of the evil one is great among people who are doing work. But we need to continue to pray for them. Hallelujah. Paul, being a person who's close to God, always says this, please pray for me. Please pray for me that the doors of the gospel will be open. Prayer is so important. Hallelujah. Prayer support is very important. Intercession is so important. Pleading before God, coming before God, a groaning and pleading for the lost lives are very important things that we need to do. It is not just enough to have a, 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 a prayer that is already printed on a book and you start reading it and say, I have done the prayer for today. We need to have God the Holy Spirit moving us. That's why in Romans chapter 8, it says, God the Holy Spirit, He gives us groans, deep groans, and we pray according to the will of the Father. Hallelujah! It is so important to come in prayer. And therefore, as we know, the enemy is going to come, and it continues to come, and begins to work when we are asleep. We need to come to a point to realize that we need to be awake. Hallelujah! We need to always be awake. Physically, we may be sleeping, but spiritually, sometimes sometimes in a dream also, we can see how we are worshipping God. Hallelujah. 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 I hope I didn't put anyone to sleep. We need to stay awake. And that's why we have some prayer, prayer, prayer uh, groups coming together, and we have some prayer uh, programs for the purpose of coming together in prayer, for the purpose of not just having a church, one church praying just for, uh, by themselves, 
getting all different churches coming together. And this is a movement that is taking place in Malaysia. And this is something very important that is taking, uh, happening now at this time. And many other countries, they are also getting a lot of group networks different, from different churches, different denominations coming together in prayer. Because the enemy will come in when the church sleeps. The enemy will always come in and start to do havoc when the church sleeps. But when the church is alive, you are able to drive out the evil one. Hallelujah. You are able to drive out the evil one and bring down revival in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You are able to bring down those things that God wants us to uh, bring down and those things that God wants us to do, we are able to do. And we need to do it when we are alive and we are awake. Hallelujah. Are we a church that's sleeping or awake? Are you all awake? Shall we all stand? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The Bible says that the enemy prowls like a roaring lion looking around for whom he may come and catch, he may come and destroy, he may come and remove. But we need to be watchful. And that is why it is important that we don't continue to, to sleep. Eutychus was a person who was he was in the midst of a revival, and yet he fell asleep. And sometimes we, are, we may allow these things to come to our life, and we may just miss what God is moving, what God is doing. And when God begins to move, we just miss it, because for a moment, spiritually, we have gone asleep and slumbering. But today, we need to come and arise. Our God is a great God. Our God is a powerful God. And the name that he has given us is not an ordinary name. It's a name that has authority to drive out demons, to trample upon serpents and scorpions, to cast out evil ones. And today we are called to do this work. It is not just one or two persons who are called, but every one of us are called. We are meeting people and people who are, who are lost, who do not know what direction to take. They are lost and we need to, to come into God's presence for them. To stand in a gap for them because they need to be saved. It is sad that one day the day of judgment comes and the person who we have, we have been sitting next to and working all these years asked this question and said, all these years you did not even tell me about Jesus. Or maybe in the school or maybe in the colleges that a friend that we have met. All these years we have done things together. We have gone and played together. We have we did this, we did that, we had a fellowship, food fellowship, all these things we had, but you never spoke about Jesus. It is time for us to awake. You don't have to spend hours and hours and hours to speak about Jesus. A simple beginning would be, Jesus loves you, Jesus cares for you, and Jesus wants to save you and deliver you and help you. A simple words in the name of Jesus is very powerful. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord Jesus. Lord, today we come before you, God. And Lord, we say, Lord Jesus, that today, Lord, we pray for a great revival, a great awakening to take place, God. Father, we cannot do it by ourselves. We can, Lord, have a form of godliness. Lord, we can have a form, Lord, of prayer, a form of worship, Lord Jesus. Lord, we can have a form of God. But Lord, if we, Lord, do not have God the Holy Spirit, it is, Lord, powerless. Lord, it is useless, Lord. It has no way of, Lord, of touching the, and reaching out to the people. Lord, we do not want to be people who are weak, but, Lord, we want to be people of power, Lord. Lord, people, Lord, who can declare, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, and gain victory after victory after victory in the name of Jesus, oh God. Father, we do not just want to be, a Lord, ordinary believers, just attending church, Lord. Yes, Lord Jesus, Lord, to say that we are, Lord, we are Christians and that's where we go to church, but we want to do it. Because we believe that God is, Jesus is coming back. And before he comes back, we must have done work for him by reaching out to the people around us who are lost. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we praise you, God. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah.
Oh, yes, Lord, you did a miracle, Lord Jesus, Lord, of turning the water into wine of God. And Lord, yes, Lord, throughout, Lord, your ministry, Lord, great miracles took place, God. Yes, Lord, the lame begin to walk, the blind begin to see, God. Yes, Lord, the paralytic, Lord, begin to walk up, Lord, made whole, carrying the own faith and walking back home, God. Oh, yes, God, you are great, you are powerful. There is no other God but you, God. Oh, hallelujah.
within us, Lord. Oh, let a song arise from within us, God. Oh, to declare that you are God. Oh, yes, Lord, that we will be a witness for you, God. Oh, yes, Lord, we will stand, God. Oh, yes, Lord, because you are with us, God. Who can be against us, God? Oh, you are Emmanuel, God with us. Oh, God is speaking. He is calling. And He is saying that there is great work that needs to be done and we need to go into the world. The people who are lost, people who are dying, people who do not know the Lord, they feel threatened. They feel remorseful in so many things. They feel guilty over so many things. They are lost. No direction. They're trying to find for an answer. They can look all around, but they will not find any answer. But only when they look up to Jesus can they find that answer. But how will they know about Jesus? If the person who is bearing the name of Jesus doesn't tell them. It is us. We bear the name of Jesus. We bear the name of Jesus every day of our life, wherever we are. 
we are bearing the name of Jesus. Our God is stronger and greater. There is none like Him. He is healer. He is awesome in power. Oh, there is no other. But He alone is worthy to be praised. It is not man, but it is God. Oh, yes, man may fall asleep. Man may fail us. Man may not be able to do what they say. But our God, whatever He has spoken, no word that He has sent forth from Him will return back to Him in vain, but will accomplish every purpose, every plan, everything that He has declared and He has proclaimed will be accomplished. And no man can stop it. And that is the God that we serve. My God is greater. My God is stronger. My God is healer. My God is awesome in power. My God is above all others. Man may declare and say, here is God and there is God. But there is one God and that is the true and the living God who created every human being. And that is my God. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Let us awake. Let us awake. Let us awake. A spiritual awakening. A great awakening. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we just want to thank you for this day. We thank you for your words. Yes, Lord, every word, every situation, every event, and every person that's mentioned in the Bible, Lord Jesus, has been done, Lord, has been written, Lord Jesus, for us as a lesson for us to learn, Lord Jesus. And Lord, everyone that we, Lord, yes, Lord, read today, Lord, about the people, different people, Lord Jesus, and the situation they went through, God. Lord, we saw, Lord Jesus, your great works, Lord Jesus, that's been done, God. And today we just want to pray, Lord, that we will, Lord, take it, Lord, as an example, that we will not fall into the same category, Lord Jesus, but, Lord, that we will arise and Lord, we will be people of power. Lord, declaring your awesome power, God Jesus. Father, we just want to thank you for your words. Continue, Lord, to confirm these words. Lord, in our life with signs and wonders, oh God. Lord, be with each and every one of us. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. May we be seated. May we listen to the announcement.